High school hockey fans, it's another attempt at us to uh, get you up to date with this week in Wisconsin prep hockey. I'm Mike Hammett. I've got the Bergs time two and Dell Scanlon, and we have a guest tonight. And uh, Bill Jr., you want to go ahead and introduce our guest tonight, and uh, let's chat with him a little bit. Sure, I can do that. Tonight we've got uh, Onalaska girls head coach and president of the Wisconsin Girls Hockey Coaches Association, Mark Thorne, with us. Uh, last week we had uh, Brian Brandt. It seems uh, only appropriate that we have Mr. Thorne on uh, because he uh, is the president of the far more popular side of uh, high school hockey in this state. Well, thanks for having me. I uh, truly appreciate the opportunity to speak with you this evening. And people think I'm joking, but I'm the one who manages all our social media accounts and our girls hockey posts get more traction than our boys hockey posts do. So the only reasonable response I can make is that girls hockey is more popular. Well, I would I would say that uh, the parents are just as popular and the girls enjoy learning and seeing things about themselves and they're really inspiring a whole new generation of girls to follow them as well. So I think it's a good thing to see the sport grow the way it is. Tell you're supposed to interview yep. them now. <laughs> well, coach, uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask is how uh, you guys are dealing with the COVID situation the way it is right now. Well, um, I can speak on a number of levels in that regard. We can talk about the, on the state level. We can talk about on the local level. So on the state level, it's, it's pretty uh, spread out. Right now, I believe there's about 22 of the 28 teams that are actually playing at the WIA level. And of those 22, I want to say probably about 14 to 16 of them are actually in games. Uh, the other ones are uh, filling their mandatory uh, 10 game or 10 practice prior to a game. And then there's uh, six of us that are either on pause or unable to compete at this time. So uh, it's kind of a wide and mixed bag throughout the state. So depending upon where you're located, um, you really got to look for it. So here in Onalaska, we are in pause. Um, our school district has decided that we will hold off until December 19th, um, in which time they will make the decision and we could start practice as early as the 21st with our first game being January 8th. There's other teams such as in the Madison area where there's, um, I believe there's three co-op teams that are um, not scheduled to return to WI practice until the 24th. And so they've, they've joined the Waha ranks. And then, like I said, the other teams are in mixed states as to whether they're playing games or fulfilling their practice requirements. And so last week we got to talk to Coach Branton and he uh, talked a little bit about how WIAA has been working with them and keeping everything up to date uh, the, with the coaches. And I presume the same thing's been going on with the girls' side. That is correct. Uh, we were in actually the same call with the boys uh, program. Um, and, you know, a lot of the same protocols apply for whether it's boys or girls um, situations in the way WIA is going to manage the seasons are going to be pretty much the same. For us on the girls side, the big key date is going to be January 4th. 
At that point, all schools need to either commit to being part of WI or they're going to forfeit their season. And then we anticipate that the WIA will release what the sectional lineups will be uh, sometime uh, January 7th or 8th at that point. And then we'll go into the seating meetings that last weekend in January. Um, so you don't get to start your practices until December 19th. And so let's talk about kind of what you expect with your team. I mean, I mean, you haven't really gotten to see them at all as, uh, for practices yet, but you have a good feel as to what you have coming back from last year and coming in this year. Well, we're, we're going to be a very young team this year. Um, I have not had an opportunity to see them on the ice. Uh, I, I have worked with a parent group to be able to either make a decision uh, depending upon the school boards as to whether they should join Waha or not. But um, I've had to maintain a distance uh, under the WIA rules. So I'm really relying on some of the experience that I saw last year, both from the team. And then uh, one of the things that we have done in Onalaska is we kind of at the towards the end of the season, we start looking at that U14 team and talking to the girls and just introducing ourselves and maybe learn a little bit about what those kids are. But I would tell you this year is going to be a development year for Onalaska in the sense that we are a young team, we're getting off to a late start and we've really got to, you know, look at not what this year can provide, but what the next couple of years can provide in building a team. We only had two seniors uh, going into this year. So we knew we were going to be young, but at the same time, that's also very exciting. Uh, I guess the next question I have is you mentioned how, you know, it, you having a young team, but then the other thing is with the late start and everything, how it's going to affect your team. How do you see that affecting the uh, rest of the girls' teams going into this season and what we can expect to see? Well, I, I think, um, you know, the girls that are passionate about hockey, uh, it doesn't matter what team they're on. They're, they're passionate and they're going to play hard and no matter what. I think what you're going to see is that um, it's really going to come down to any given day, any given day, any team can beat one another. And for, for us, you know, yeah, we're going to be uh, young. We're going to be developing, but you know, the one thing I know I can count on with these girls is uh, a level of commitment and a dedication. And I wouldn't expect anything less from any of the other girls teams. They, you know, there hasn't been a game in my history as a coach for the girls that the girls come in just either deflated. They come in, charge up, ready to go, give their best. And, you know, I anticipate that happening again this year. So I'm actually pretty excited. I, I you know, I, I think those teams that have gotten the opportunity to start playing and practicing, you know, kudos to them because they've been able to work with their school districts and their arenas to be able to figure out the proper protocols to be able to make this work. And, you know, uh, it's just a sign of the times that we live in and, I know for myself, I work with my girls uh, more on some of the mental aspect and the off seasons uh, training that they can do. You know, here's, here's what the expectations are. That's what they were left with uh, at the end of last year. They understand that. And, you know, I, I don't think it's any different than any 
sales program out there. Uh, guys, I'm going to open it up to you guys for your questions. Mark, how much of a... Um, okay, Mark, talk a little bit about your schedule this year. I mean, with you guys being in the pause position, have you really been able to put a schedule together yet? Well, we have been able to put a schedule together, and it's going to be very condensed. We're probably only going to have about 10 games, uh, maybe as many as 12, but I, I will be the first one to admit that I'm a little... Uh, leery of it because playing three games a week gets to be quite the challenge. Uh, it, the wear and tear on the uh, physical side of the, the body and also the mental side of it because, you know, for the girls programs, we're just not traveling across, you know, the town to be able to play with one another. We've got a lot of traveling that's involved with it. So we have to make sure that we have special uh, arrangements made for making sure studying is being done, the safety protocols for traveling. Uh, the only good side of that is that out of those, I want to say, I think 10 games right now, uh, six of them or seven of them will be at home the way our schedule fall not, has fallen out. But at the same point, you know, it is a, a concern because usually I've always tried to schedule two games per week. But when you start putting that third game in, you know that the wear and tear is going to be in there. The other challenge that on Alaska faces is that our school district is requiring that at least one practice a week is going to be virtual. So how do you fill in and use the best uh, use of that time in a virtual setting when these kids are going to be in front of screens six or seven hours a day with schooling? So, you know, it's new challenges that are presented. And as, I, as I've talked to the girls uh, when I had on my team meeting is that we are going to tackle each challenge as it comes. We will succeed in some areas. We will not succeed in others, but it's how we continue to move forward as in these challenges that will help define us. And so, you know, I don't think this is any different than any of the other teams that are facing that their schedules are all being condensed and it's going to be up to the coaches to be able to utilize and get the most out of their teams given what they what they have. Go ahead, Burglar. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, I was long-winded. No, that's okay. Uh, no, I was just, I, I, I hadn't dawned on me until uh, last week when, when, when Brian Brandt was on, um, you know, the teams that are, that are playing Waha, um, it, I, it didn't click that those teams cannot be coached by their regular high school coach, because that would count as, off-season contact even though you know to us we think it's in season but if your actual school team hasn't started up that's off-season contact so um like you can't do anything with those girls right now until uh your actual season kicks off then right that that's correct not only i can't do it but none of our assistant coaches that we have signed up cannot be involved in that so i think that's the other challenge that I know in our area that we face is um, you really need to have a strong parent rep organization that has helped supported the team over the years that is willing to step up. And I think you see that more on the boy side of the ice than on the girls. Um, I mean, it just, when I look at the number of Waha teams on the boy side versus the girls, that's, that would lead me to believe that. But I, I, my parent group has been phenomenal. They've scheduled uh, additional ice times all on their own. Um, 
and have gotten some uh, coaches that I know and trust and am in contact as to what they are seeing out on the ice. I cannot dictate what I want done, but what are they seeing? What can they tell me about the kids? And it's just been a good relationship that way. The other thing that, that kind of struck me is when you said about, you know, having three games in a week. Um, I remember when, when, when Bill's brother was playing, he loved it when they had games on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, because the practice before a game day was always, you know, a fairly light practice. And then they would have a, a meal afterwards. And so it's like when you have, you know, games on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, that means you have easy practices on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And he thought that was just, you know, like, great <laughs> yeah there there are some advantages to that that's a, a great mindset to it but again in today's day and age uh those uh, i'll just start with what you said the team meals those are no longer really allowed uh you know meals on the bus are no longer uh allowed we have to take the certain safety protocols that go along with that um the challenge that really comes in that area is I do like the idea of playing games and that's the reward of being able to practice. The real lessons that are being taught in and throughout the season are done at the practice level. And so when you want to see teams being executed at a very high level, you start seeing that happening in practice. And so when you don't have that kind of uh, opportunity, you know, you're playing 10 game or 10 practices, boom, you're in the game every other day it's hard to get a lot of teaching lessons going on at that point. Mark, can you, uh, for the people who don't know, can you describe what a virtual practice is? Well, um, we've done a couple of things in our virtual practices and, uh, you know, I try not to keep them uh, longer than 30 minutes because it is that way. So our virtual practices this year for, uh, will typically happen after a game day. So what we want to do is much like what we would do in the locker room. Uh, we, we at on Alaska do a winner learn. Yeah. You know, what did we see out of last night's game? What did we do? Well, what can we learn from? Where are the areas that we got to focus in on? So you're really having your locker room talk via zoom meeting. Um, so that's one Avenue that we use it as a virtual practice. The other thing that I've done is I've invited guest speakers to come in and be able to talk. Um, most of you are probably familiar with Brianna Seidel up in uh, the Western Wisconsin area. She coaches Team Wisconsin. She just recently wrote a book called The Lion's Mind. I have uh, uh, bought books for all the girls and they are actually walking through it. And so we're going to have... Uh, Brianna on a phone call and be able to talk to the girls versus us as coaches being able to talk to it. I also have a couple of speakers in and around town um, that I've used in the past um, to come in and we'll talk that way. So it's really taking your locker room speech after a practice or a game and be able to extend that via virtually. So, so you're not just playing like NHL 94 or anything like on the Xbox or anything like that. Never got into any of that <laughs> stuff. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anybody else have anything for coach? 
Yeah, I don't know how involved you are with youth hockey there in Onalaska, but what does the the youth hockey system look like for the Onalaska Association this year? Well, you know, we are very fortunate. We are fed by three youth hockey organizations. We have the Tornado Youth Hockey out of Onalaska and Holman. We have the West Salem Youth Hockey, and then we have River City Hockey. And one of the things that I've asked the all of the girls at the high school level is to be able to give back to the youth associations. I know um, personally all three uh, learn to skate coordinators. Um, I've actually, I've been very fortunate to be able to start seeing some of our, some of the kids that I've first started coaching, the girls actually getting involved back into those levels. So at the youth hockey level at River City, you know, like an Ellie Meyer and a Mackenzie Steinfett are reaching out to those girls. And we've got 23 girls in River City youth hockey. In West Salem, I've got a previous player in Jamie Wyland that is actively engaged uh, in drawing. And I believe we got eight or nine new girls this year to be able to do that. So, you know, when I first started as a coach, that was one of the things that I saw as an opportunity. Honestly, looking at the screen here, we're all old guys, except for you, uh, Junior. Um, you know, they're not going to listen to us, but when they start seeing those representatives um, from the high school teams that they've watched, uh, from those college athletes that are coming back into town, um, being actively engaged, I think that's a big key. I mean, one I've been very fortunate uh, um, you know, right, right now during our open ice practices, I've got Holly Turnbull from Hayward, you know, who's actually engaged in wanting to become a coach. And you know what, here, Holly, since we can't do it, would you run our open ice practices? And she's loving it. So it's getting those players that have been involved in the game coming back. And the other thing that we've done over the last probably four or five years now is we have a learn to skate with the Hilltopper night. And I'm seeing this catch on with a lot of the girls teams that they invite all of the girls in the areas, wear their jerseys, get in the game free after the game, win or lose, you come out and skate with the high school team, come back in. Um, in the past, we've been able to bring them in the locker room, get their pictures, sign autographs, and really make it special. And I, I believe those types of steps will help uh, grow the sport of girls hockey and I've seen I'm seeing it grow throughout the state when you look at where you're located in the state I mean when it comes to uh, playing an away game I mean other than you know the Badger Lightning maybe you got to travel well we, we we our closest uh games are Black River Viroqua Badger Lightning and Eau Claire mm. and um so we are basically looking at 45 minutes to an hour and a half as our closest low, uh, road games. Otherwise we are traveling anywhere between two and three hours. And typically that's why you see us traveling on a Saturday night, but we're not unique in that position. Uh, you are seeing a lot of teams like the Fond du Lac team, the Fox cities, green Bay, um, Wisconsin Valley union. They're looking to wanting to play the best teams out there. They're traveling to Hayward, Eau Claire. You know, you are seeing girls hockey 
the growth of girls hockey is due to the commitment that these kids make to be able to travel. And I can tell you that we are very fortunate that I think out of the, this will be my sixth or seventh year of coaching the girls team. I've had one kid that was not academically eligible. These kids, when they're on the bus, they study, they really work at it. And, you know, the dedication it takes, I think to be a girls hockey player just sets them up for a, a, a lifetime of success. Well, when you talk about traveling, um, I mean, you've got closer teams uh, in, in the other direction. Uh, what, what's going on over in Minnesota right now with their hockey? Well, we, uh, you know, it was nice when we had the original schedule set up. We were able to travel to Winona a couple times. We play all three of the Rochester teams. We played uh, Matamidi and Red Wing in the past as well. Um, but this year, basically everything shut down. Um, no teams traveling across state borders as far as um, the teams that we had scheduled. So those were all canceled. Um, so, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but again, as I've reminded the girls, you know, I believe this is going to be, if we take the necessary precautions and follow the necessary protocols, this is going to be a blip on the radar this year. And we can grow from that. And, you know, with a young team, I think they believe that, you know, I, my heart goes out to those seniors and juniors that are getting cut short, but I can tell you, it's not only on the high school level. I have got uh, good contacts at the D3 and D1 level that are saying the same thing. You know, D1 programs basically are saying, look, now we're getting five years. So all of a sudden there's a backlog of new kids coming in and some kids staying. So, you know, it, it really, this whole thing of COVID presents a challenge that everybody has to just try and figure out and do the best they can. And I, and I believe this, I believe this from whether it's the WIA, our state government officials, our county officials, um, in our city officials, the school officials, everybody's doing what they believe is in the best interest of kids. And, you know, no one wants to deny anything, but at the same point, let's all be safe about it. I mean, I just submitted a three-page protocol report to our school and to the city as to how are we going to be able to uh, open back up. And I've been very fortunate with the coach, my contacts within the coaches association, this kind of information is being spread both on the boys and the girls side, because nobody wants to see hockey being shut down. Nobody wants to see any winter sports being shut down, but we have to do it smart. We have to do it safe. And it's, it's really comforting to know when you see these teams that are engaging in their seasons and playing games and doing it well, that there is examples that you can go back to your local school boards and be able to show them, see how it's being done. And, you know, as I said, we can only do what we can do as coaches. Um, parents, you have to be able to talk to your school board officials and talk to them, inform them of what's out there. There's a lot of good information, not only on protocols, but on the benefits of it. And let's get kids playing hockey.
Well, Coach, uh, one, on behalf of Wisconsin Prep Hockey, thank you for taking the time this evening and talking to us. Uh, the other thing that uh, we, if you heard our podcast last week, I'm not sure, uh, this year our Players of the Week, uh, we want to make sure that the seniors are recognized. And we'd like, you know, to emphasize that when coaches are turning in their Players of the Week to, you know, if at all possible, um, turn in a senior's name, name so that we can recognize them. Uh, th this is a hard season for seniors because it's their final year playing high school hockey and it's, it, you know, it, it's affected them. Uh, and if you could help us get the word out to the other coaches, it'd be greatly appreciated. I will do that, Dylan. And thank you for that great reminder. I will, as soon as I hang up and allow you guys to finish your podcast, I will send an email out to the entire coaches association reminding them of that fact, because I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, it is really heartbreaking as a coach to see these uh, senior athletes that have given so much and to see them, you know, just not, I don't want to say the word Rob, but just be able to fight these challenges and to see them overcome them. I, I do believe that we are going to see these kids rise above our expectations. So I will pass that message along to the coaches association. Okay. Mark Thorne, Mark Thorne, the uh, head of the Wisconsin girls hockey association. Uh, President Mark, thanks for your time. We sure appreciate it and uh, good luck to you. And hopefully you can get the girls back on the ice um, very soon. Okay, Mark Thorne, there he was. Well, it's uh, about time. Now we got to get back to uh, our regularly scheduled broadcast, but I enjoyed the last two weeks talking to uh, to the president of Coaches Association. It's been, uh, been pretty good. Let's get I, in. I, I, I've been kind of surprised. First, first, we had Brian Brant and now Mark Thorne, and these are two very well-spoken, articulate coaches. And most of the time I spent with high school hockey coaches was in Anago, where if you could get them to put like three coherent sentences together at a time, I mean, that was something really special. Um, so it's really, it's really good to know that there are, you know, articulate, well-spoken high school hockey coaches out there. I know Matt Bornman listens to these once in a while. So <laughs> that's, that's for him and Todd and Bill. Well, the problem with some of the previous coaches <laughs> in Anago is that they were, they were friends with you and played uh, old man hockey with you. So they wouldn't talk to you for three sentences without swearing at you. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever we talk, there's, you know, usually beverages involved too. Probably like the one you're just having a drink of right there. Maybe. All right. It's time for our uh, players of the week. And uh, Burglar, I believe this is your uh, nick of the woods. We got a boys winner and a girls winner. And uh, could you go ahead and give them to us and tell us who they're sponsored by? Uh, that would be the Wyndham Garden Inn of Madison, uh, which is actually in Fitchburg which is usually the official state tournament headquarters of Wisconsin prep hockey, but probably won't be this year. Um, on the boys' side, I probably should have asked for a pronunciation guide, but we'll go with Max Toyjala, Toyala, Toyjala from Lakeland. Um, 
on in his first game last week uh, against Mozini. They lost four to two. He had a goal and an assist. Uh, was involved with both uh, of, of the, the the goals against Mozini. And then on third or the next game, they beat Marshfield six to four. He had a goal and two assists. And his goal against Marshfield was his 84th career goal, setting a new Lakeland High School uh, scoring record. So uh, in addition to uh, being our player of the week, Max Toyjala is also the uh, reigning goal scoring leader for Lakeland Union High School up there in Manaqua. You'd think that after scoring uh, 84 goals in four years, well, three plus years, basically at this point, we would learn to pronounce his name. Well, we, 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 we try. Um, okay. Then on the girls side, Maddox, Federici, 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 we have problems with that one too. Um, from the central Wisconsin storm, uh, and a six to one win over Hayward. She had two goals and an assist in a two to one overtime win over Northland Pines. She did not score uh, in a four to nothing win over USM. She had a goal and an assist. And didn't I see, it doesn't say it here, but didn't I see in the uh, previous notes that she's a defend, defend defender. She is a senior defenseman for the storm. Yes. So uh, scoring goals is not necessarily required for defensemen, but it's always nice when you can get points from them. So, uh, Maddox Federici, Central Wisconsin Storm, our girls, Wyndham Garden Inn of Madison Fitchburg, Player of the Week. Well, and let's face it, there have been some seasons for the Storm where if they weren't getting scoring from the point, they wouldn't be getting scoring at all. Um, they are a highly defensive team that is sometimes offense-challenged. And they've taken that, that uh, route all the way to Madison. And they've been successful there, and they've been not successful well, I'm there. I'm not saying it didn't work. I mean, no, it, 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 it they've had as much success as, success as anybody over the last decade. Absolutely, no doubt about that. And it's it's kind of hasn't really mattered who's coaching. I mean, it just it just rolls on. Well, don't tell the coaches that they think. Well, they like, they like to think they play a role. Well, Pete Susans <laughs> might know a thing or two about hockey after 30 years. I mean, he may have an idea of what he's doing, but, you know, Jack Duvair has been around as well. So it's a, it's just one of those things where don't give me credit, but yeah, you got to deal with it daily. So um, you give him credit where credit's due. Um, our game of the week this week, it looks like I drew the short straw. And our game of the week this week is Brookfield and Janesville. And it's on Tuesday night. That's right. Tuesday night. It's the home opener, season opener for Janesville. And uh, after having four games knocked out due to COVID, well, guys are finally going to get a chance to get on the ice and play Brookfield, who's already you, got a few games under their, buck, under you, their belt. You say you drew the short straw, but given all the people on Twitter who've told us that they have no hockey games to go to, I'm pretty sure you drew the long straw. And <laughs> hey, you're going to be there okay. anyways. You're going to be there anyways doing the announcing. Yeah, I'm uh, going to be broadcasting it, it on YouTube. Um, 
blue line blue line something i i'm going to be doing it for and should be fun we got good camera we um should be a good game these two teams met last year in the playoffs and it went right down to the final buzzer and uh brookfield got a one goal win so yeah, maybe the names and faces have changed a little bit, but still, for the kids that are still there, a little bit of a reminder of how last season went. Well, for Janesville, uh, the first game, so it's like, hey, we get to hit somebody else. That's right. They get to hit somebody else. Besides just beating up on each other. Yeah, and they like to beat up on each other. Um, I want to say it's Blue Line Basics, if anybody wants to watch the game on youtube it's uh, blue line basics is what you go to and uh if you know of any games that are being broadcast um over the internet um audio video or both it'll drop us a line here and we'll make sure that we get it out there so people can click on your game and you know follow the action that goes on there yes um, and janesville blue line basics was already on our school broadcast page on wisconsin prep hockey just click the uh, WIPH TV slash radio link at the top of Wisconsin Prep Hockey, and you can see every broadcaster that I have compiled so far to start this season and uh, a broadcast schedule. Um, the broadcast schedule only includes teams that have told me they're broadcasting specific games. Um, like Bayport has a YouTube channel, but they haven't told me we're doing all games, all home games, all away games. So I have a link to their YouTube channel, but they're not in the actual schedule part because I don't know beforehand what's going to be broadcasting. But if they post, you know, on Tuesday that, you know, we're doing whatever game that Bayport's playing that day, then I will add it to the schedule. So I have well, to do all day. Well, with COVID, you just don't know when there's going to be a game and when there's not going to be a game. Uh, there may be games that get axed at the last minute. So uh, check your schedule, follow on, you know, here on WIPH. We'll uh, keep it updated as closely as we can. If we find out, you'll find out. No doubt about that. You can count on that. Um, well, guys, uh, I see here on our agenda, it says free for all. What do you guys want to talk about tonight? Well, I, I was just kind of glancing through the boys' standings as we're on here, and I see Fond du Lac Springs is uh, rolling off pretty well to start the season, you know, looking to de defend their Division II state title, uh, starting the season out with uh, five wins. And I see there's a uh, Notre Dame's got five. And so, I mean, there's a few teams that are, you know, starting the season out pretty well here. Uh, USM's got sitting at four and all. I got a chance to watch uh, Arrowhead play uh, play against Fondy Springs last night, and Fondy Springs really played a very sound game, very uh, very organized in what they do in their systems. And uh, doesn't hurt when you got the little Welsh kid out there. He's uh, he's pretty good. Well, it's also a reminder then for the coaches. We had a regular. Um, crew of coaches. I, I know we initially said we weren't going to do a, a top 10 or a top six or a top anything this year. Um, but we've, we've, we've been talked out of that and into doing it again. So the coaches that were consistent voters in the past um, for these top sixes, uh, please start 
start voting again. Um, send in your send in your 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 top sixes uh, sometime during the day on sun Saturday or Sunday. Um, you know, before obviously before we you know give make it before six o'clock so we have time to tabulate them again. But if you could start sending us your 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 votes again, um, we'll try to get that up and running again for next week. One of the outlets I found this weekend to watch so many games was going on Live Barn, and uh, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a small investment. It's, it's monthly, and it's you know you can cancel anytime. But it was fun to watch games on Live Barn, um, and a, I was surprised at the number of rinks here in Wisconsin that have Live Barn. You know, it's just one of those video outlets that you have that you know if it's a rink that you don't necessarily your team may be at, but they don't have a uh, YouTube feed or whatever, you know, it's something maybe a check out. And so, since I did bring up the boys side, uh, looking at the girls side and who's playing, I see Fox cities, Western Wisconsin and central Wisconsin are all opening the season up with four straight wins. So it looks like, you know, we have a few teams that are going to have started the season out pretty well and are, you know, Looking to move forward. I mean, Fox, you, you, Fox, ahead, City, Fox City's defending state champs. We'll see how it see how it all pans out come uh, state tournament time. And you know, the funny thing is, we're looking at what is a Valentine's Day around that is the state tournament this year due to COVID. Does that sound about right, that guys. Sounds about right. Um, one thing going back to your live barn comment is um, it was last year. I don't know if it still is. I haven't looked this year, but I believe it is still a free installation for the arena. Um, and that's why you have, you see so many arenas on there. Uh, live barn brings in their own internet feed. They bring in the camera, they set it up. It's free for the arena. And then viewers have to pay a subscription to get in and watch. Um, so that's why you see it on so many arenas. They didn't have to pay for it. Um, free is Free is easy. Yes, free is easy. And they've got rinks all over the United States listed there on uh, Live Barn. So if you like to watch games from all over the place, I mean, that's got it right there. So livebarn.com if you want to check that out. Um, Junior, about how many games, how many uh, broadcasts do we have at this point? Um, people that have checked in and said, you know what, we're going to cover games this year or uh, – you know, we're going to broadcast audio or video. Is there is there many that have been uh, chiming in and letting us know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the usual suspects are still out there. WACD and Anago is still doing Anago and Northern Edge games. Uh, WOGO and Chippewa Falls is still doing their games. You know, the broadcasters around the state that were doing games before are still doing them, uh, if there are games to do. Um, uh, Rick Frankie, uh, Cooley Region Sports Network, a uh, good friend of ours at Wisconsin Prep Hockey, he hasn't started doing hockey games yet because there's no hockey. Uh, we just talked to Mark. They haven't started down there yet, so he hasn't been able to do any hockey. But um, all the regular broadcasters we talked to in the past are still out there doing games. Um, there have been some added to the list this year. Uh, there's an outfit that does games that seems to be in central Wisconsin and Indiana called Zaleski Sports. They're doing all of the Marshfield and Medford home games. Um, I don't know how an outfit that appears to be out of Indiana got hooked up with Marshfield and Medford, but it's great. 
that they have a game broadcast with, uh, I haven't watched one yet, I believe, with play-by-play. Um, and then, you know, as Coach Brandt told us last week, and we're finding now, a lot of teams have set up a YouTube channel to broadcast their games. Generally speaking, it's a lot like Live Barn, where it's a camera pointed at the ice that tracks the puck, and there's no play-by-play or anything like that, um, which is fine. It's like watching a game on your TV from the rink. Um, so, and, you know, there are uh, some other schools. Uh, Springs is doing it on Facebook Live. I believe Cedarburg is doing it on Facebook Live. Um, but, yeah, well, lots of the schools um, and, their, and their school athletic departments have set up YouTube channels to broadcast games. And then... Um, for schools that are doing that, in my opinion, YouTube is a much better avenue for that than Facebook Live. Um, for the simple fact that YouTube is available on every streaming set-top device, whether it's a Roku or an Apple TV or a Amazon Fire Stick, YouTube's on all of those. On most smart TVs, YouTube is available on those. Facebook Live... Uh, you're constraining people to their mobile devices or their computers to watch your game. Whereas if you do it on YouTube, they can probably pull it up on their TV. Um, the point. only real thing you have to watch out for with YouTube is that uh, you really should mute it when the arena is playing music. And I watched a couple games over the last week, and there are no fans in the stands. Why the bleep is the arena still playing music between whistles? I don't understand. Who are you entertaining? The players don't care. They're playing hockey. They're already entertained. I don't. The coaches would rather you didn't. Right. So they can they talk to their anything. players. So first off, arenas, if you don't have fans in the stands, stop playing music between whistles. And those of you who are broadcasting your games, I don't know about Facebook. I believe it has a content flagging system because it's blocked me from uploading stuff before. But um, if you stream enough videos where it picks up the the macro, the music in the background, you're gonna you're gonna get flagged uh, with a with a with a copyright notice. Uh, that's one plus for LiveBarn because you, you have to have a subscription just to walk, log into LiveBarn and watch. Um, I don't think LiveBarns, I don't think your arena is gonna get flagged for copyright violations, but your Facebook and YouTube videos could get taken down if you're flagrant about it. Uh, for the most part, the, the music in the background is not clear enough that you're going to get caught, but it's something to pay attention to, and you really should, between whistles, if, if you're not doing play-by-play -play and they're playing music, you surely should uh, mute the, the rink audio. If you're doing play-by-play, -play, your talking will, mute, will blur out that background audio, so it's not something to worry about. Are you saying some of the music is, could be... Uh whatever you want to say. I'm fairly certain that most of the youth hockey rinks in Wisconsin have not paid uh, their ASCAP rights to play that music in the first place. Um, and I know for a fact that none of them have paid for the rights to stream it over the internet. Um, so, I mean, at most, if you're streaming it and it gets flagged as a copyright violation on YouTube or Facebook Live, they're going to mute your audio. Um and then it'll just be video only. Or if it's something that happens a lot, they're going to stop your ability to live stream. Um, I don't think anybody's been hit with it yet. Uh, it's not a huge concern, but it is something that, that does happen. And um, as I manage our social media, it is something that um, someone who does live streaming did talk about um, on Twitter uh, in response to some of our posts. It is something you need to be aware of. 
Uh, part of the reason that we don't put intro music on the podcast anymore is because we record the co- we broadcast our recording of the podcast live on YouTube, and I can't put intro music on it because I would have to pay a license for it, and I can't afford the whatever how many thousands of dollars it is for whatever pun we want to make with the show title in song form. So. Wow, that's a mouthful. That's a lot you just put out there. I don't know how to <laughs> how to put that all together, but okay, so that, I'll take that, your word for it. That's why you didn't hear four non-blondes singing, "Hey, what's going on?" Uh, at the intro <laughs> to last to last last week's podcast. That and it was like, it's work. We record this late at night. I just want to get it posted and go to bed. Splicing in a music track is a whole thing. Yeah. I'm lazy. That's all right. You put in enough work as it is behind the scenes with the social social media stuff, Junior. You, uh, I know you are on Twitter. Uh, all of us are on Twitter at one time or another during the week, just trying to keep up on stuff. And I found Twitter to be a good place to uh, keep up on scores. And a lot of a lot of schools have already got a Twitter Twitter account, and they'll update the scores and things like that is during the game. So um, that's another avenue to check out is Twitter because they, um, you know, a lot of schools are using that to get uh, their team scores out and um, such. And I know all of us. They've been doing that. Okay. All right. We we just, we just moved MJ off AOL. Now he's just, (laughs) Twitter. you know, bring him along slowly. I've been I've been on Twitter for a few years. I don't post much, but um, I enjoy reading what what people have to say. And I've found when you know I want to update scores and stuff, I find it there. There's some scores on Twitter that I can't find, and maybe we'll update them on that. So uh, it has been a very helpful tool in some of the work that we do for Wisconsin prep hockey. And nobody's going to deny that. Nope. 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 All right, fellas, anything else you want to uh, free-for-all about? Looks like everybody's about ready to go to bed. Well, I have to stay up and post a podcast. How long does that take to post a podcast? It doesn't really take that long. I just like to complain about it. Uh, Back when I was editing them, it took a lot longer. Like, in the first couple years we did this, Um, I edited each podcast. So if there was like a pause between when people were talking that lasted more than like a second or two, I took it out and shrunk everything down. So it made the the conversation sound more professional. I don't do that anymore, which is why. Trasher would get halfway through a rant and say, oh, wait, wait, let me start over. Yes. You guys used to do that a lot. (laughs) You'd be halfway through a game recap and you're like, let me start over. And depending on where you started over, I might have to scrap everything that you said before that. So generally speaking, posting the podcast took twice as long as it took to record it. Now posting it, it takes probably 15 minutes total between the site updates, the RSS update, and uh, getting you know the, everything done. But yeah, I mean, it used to, like, if we had an hour-long show, it took me two hours to finish it. If we had an hour-and-a-half-long show, it took me three hours to finish it. Um so that's why Makes I for told a long you guys. Night. Yeah, that's why I told you guys a couple years ago. Um, if you screw up, we're just going to keep going. Just go through it, and we're, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, 
you know, if 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 we get like 600 backers on Patreon and I can make Wisconsin Prep Hockey my full-time job, I'll edit the podcast like a professional. But until that happens, no. Okay. I would agree. I would uh, totally understand that. Now he's want... starting to sound like Trasher. <sighs> Where's the ball cap? Where is the <laughs> Do I got a ball cap here? You know what? I think I do. I do. Somebody's got to wear it. Oh, is that the one Trasher made? <laughs> I think we need to yeah, we I... need to take bets. We need to take bets. Any any viewers out there who want to get in on this, we need to take bets on if he unretires next year when when you know everybody's got vaccines out and everything should be back to normal. Is he is he coming back? No. Did he retire? Did he retire for one year because he didn't want to deal with all of this? Or did he retire permanently because he didn't want to deal with all of this? <laughs> I yeah, I Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely one of those. Yeah, yeah. I say he doesn't. I he'll probably enjoy it unless Unless Kelly starts getting on his case a little bit and he needs to get out of the house and, you know, hey, burglar, I'll go cover a game for you, you know. And if he comes back, do we call him um, Tim Franzini or do we call him Brett Favre? I mean. Or Michael Jordan. You know, people unretiring these days. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough. Send us home, MJ. All right. Okay. All right. Any uh, questions, comments? Oh crap! We can't, tell, we can't tell people to send hate, hate mail to the trash. trash. Still send you your hate, hate mail, mail to Trasher. Oh, they can, they can still send their hate mail to Trasher. Nobody else wants to read it. God, look at Burglar with a hat on backwards. That's just isn't that beautiful. <laughs> like at him. least mine's at least mine's like covering part of my bald spot. Like yeah, I, got, elderly... I got a little butt. I got a little butt crack showing there. <laughs> like like an elderly white Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, train wreck of a podcast we put together tonight, but uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Once again, I want to thank Mark Thorne for coming on and uh, keeping us updated on what's going on in the Girls Hockey Coaches Association with uh, the struggles of you know this 2020-2021 season and uh, so much going on. Uh, guys, let's do it again next week. We'll even try to do it again better. So for Senior, Junior, and Dell, this is Mike Hammett. We'll see you next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.